Hello, good morning, everyone. If it is morning where you are, um, welcome to a podcast. I'm Desiree Siegfried, your host. And if this is your first episode, welcome. If you have been listening for a while, I want to thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for supporting and and listening, uh, listening to the messages, listening to the encouraging interviews, and I just. I'm so really excited for today because I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Jessica Clark. Um, many know her on Instagram at Jess Clark, and she and she is the fiance of Ben Higgins, who many know because he was a previous bachelor. Um, and he's just a phenomenal man. I've had the opportunity of meeting him, and he's truly, truly um, as genuine as he seems. But I'm most excited about this interview because we get to know Jess for who she is, not who she's going to marry. And that's why I wanted to have her on too, because she is a woman of faith and, you know, she has a story to tell. And so I'm just excited to have her on and welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. Welcome, Jess, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And so we were just talking a little bit about what's going on today. Can you share with us? Yes. I, right after this, I'm hopping in the car and driving from Nashville to Atlanta for my first wedding dress fitting. Yay! That's so exciting. I mean, weddings are my world, so I love when it's like the best feeling ever. And uh, before we get into who you're marrying and when that's happening, um, let's, I really am so excited to have you on because I wanted to talk to you about who you are, you know, like where you've been, um, what brought you to this place and obviously how you met Ben. But um, if you could share a little bit more about where you're at right now, like in life and job and and all of that. Well, I um, currently am a part-time student on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to esthetician school for 11 hours a day. Um, so that will be my future career, but currently I'm a co-owner of a wellness platform called Sweatnet Nashville and Sweatnet Denver. And then I also have my own little blog website called Coffee Shop Talks that kind of stemmed from some events I was doing earlier this year, pre-COVID. Um, those are my main things. I love that. And so I know I love your page too for, because you always have been interested in skincare and like all of that. So when did you realize, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do? Because after college, I feel like so much, so many times you're just like, uh, what? do I do now? (laughs) So yes, how was that for you? And how did you come to the conclusion? This is what you want to do. Well, that was very much me after college. I actually saw a career counselor for like six months post-college because I took a full-time job and realized it was so not me. It was sales. And I was not like a sales person. I'm not either. That's why I giggle. (laughs) No, I was selling postage meters too. Do you know what postage meter is? (laughs) Wait, postage meters like no, I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> it looks like a fax machine, but it's for places that like send out bulk mail. And so you like get a discount on postage and you just like put all of your mail through. That this sounds machine. like a really hard sell. <laughs> yeah, Lots of times I would walk into an office and I'd be like, how's your postage meter doing? And they're like, oh, this with 
the dust and the books on top of it that we never used. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) But that was my first job. And um, I did that. And then I met Ben and I realized that having like a full-time desk job wasn't really like working with our lifestyle. And I ended up taking on working on SweatNet and I was their events coordinator and then became a co-owner about two months later. But basically what SweatNet does is give you discounts to like in-person workouts and restaurants, which closed during COVID. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So there were two months where no one, I mean, actually probably four months where no one was doing events, no one was going to anything. And so my job kind of became obsolete for a while. And um, I realized that I had this insecurity that I was talking about skincare and I was talking about like all of these things, but I had no reason to back up what I was saying. And I love school. And my esthetician told me that she went to this program in Nashville and they end up having one opening left for their Monday through Wednesday program. And I was like, easy. Done. Done. Oh, that's wonderful. Have you always been into skincare or is this something that just stemmed when you started? Yeah, I've always had skin issues. So I had like severe acne in high school and college and I cleared it up by going on antibiotics. Yeah, and like uh, you cannot tell. It's like your skin is flawless. (laughs) It's like glowing through the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. How do I do that? (laughs) right now I have a lot of moisturizer on because I woke up so dry um but I my grandfather ended up getting cancer and he was like the most healthy man I knew and so I started to like research kind of how you can get cancer from environmental factors I guess because that was my only explanation and that was kind of how I was like dealing with the grief was like well let's get some answers I'm like that's just how I'm wired And I came across just how horrible of our skincare is um, in America, especially we don't have nearly as many bands as Europe. And it's long story yeah. short, I no, I love it. I'm yeah. we, we're really into wellness. Um, my I mean, my father in law is a chiropractor. My mother in law does her own skincare line. That's like you know all natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's all very, very important of what we're putting onto our skin, what we're eating, what we're just, just everything in your life. And yeah. I started doing research probably a year and a half ago and it's just awful. What is in makeup? What is in, I mean, literally like everything, everything. everything. So that's really good that you were able to be inspired to do that. And is he doing better? Well, he ended up passing away um, about a, a little over a year ago. But it honestly just kind of made me like more interested in it and kind of gave me that like drive. Like he would be so happy that that's what I'm doing now. And hopefully I'll be able to make a difference in the skincare world or at least draw attention to, you know, everything that we're putting on our bodies. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And so you were talking about (laughs) selling postage, uh, what's it called? Postage meters? Postage meters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. So you were selling postage (laughs) meters when you met Ben? Yes. So oh, how fun. That's like, you know, I feel like it's like a Cinderella story in the sense of like, oh, I'm still in postage meters. And then yeah. how, did, um, how did you meet Ben? So I was working full time in Nashville and I was at a hockey game at our arena here. And Ben was staying at a hotel right by the arena. He was in town for a fundraiser and he 
wanted to see who was playing in the hockey game. So he searched the arena and I had just tagged my location. So oh my, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And he That's saw my photo cute. and screenshotted it for whatever reason. I honestly have no idea. It was just a picture of me and my dad. That's um, so cute. Cause he was drawn. He's like, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> Which is crazy. I still, I can only attribute it to we were supposed to be together. God, but, um, yeah, it was totally God. I mean, think about like, yeah. what if you didn't post it right then? Or why, you know, or what if you didn't take a photo? Like he wouldn't have seen you. Never would have seen me. It's crazy. Like, yeah, it, it's wild. Yeah. And so for so most of um, the listeners, they probably are Bachelor fans. But for those who are not or don't know who Ben is, he was um, the Bachelor years ago, um, three, four years ago. And he's such a wonderful man. We, I've had the opportunity to meet him and he's really as genuine as he seems. And he's really kind. He always cares about other people. So I don't know. I feel like you too, even if you just see photos, it's like, you just look like you should be together. (laughs) So I love it. So what did you think when he, did he first um, message you on Instagram? Yes. He messaged me on Thanksgiving of 2018 and I like woke up the morning after Thanksgiving and I, I had no presence on social media, hardly at all, only from college. And so I never really checked my messages and I checked it and saw someone with a blue check mark. And I was like, that's so weird. And my little brother plays baseball. Um, so I thought it was like a baseball player or something, or I don't know. Yeah. And I looked it up and I was like, no, he looks like, like a philanthropist because his photo is him in Honduras and all this. So then I asked my mom and she's like, don't you remember he was the bachelor? Like, I think it was two years ago at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I remember hearing his name because I was in college and every college girl knows about the bachelor, but I hadn't necessarily watched his season fully. Um, And so my mom was like, you should reply and just find out how he found you. So for like our first messages was like a family effort of like, what do I say back to this guy? I have no idea. Oh, that's so cute. Your mom's like helping you like ask questions. Uh-huh. My mom and my brother, I was like run it by whatever I was going to say. And they're like, no, it's way too cheesy. Or <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that's really adorable. Were you like into him right away? Because I feel like that would be kind of hard to be like, like, why is he messaging me? But also like, is he sincere and yes. all of that? I think what that were, was, what was were hard. You? Yes. That was the hard thing is I was like, he probably does this to a lot of girls. Like, I would just assume that. And I'm just kind of like one of however many because, I mean, I didn't know much about him. And I guess that's just kind of how, like, the world works nowadays is that's, like, how a lot of people meet. So at first I was really skeptical. And then our first phone call, he hung up. And he the last thing he said was, well, if nothing else, I got a great friend out of this. And then hung up. And I was like... Okay, so I've just been friend zoned by someone I've like never met and I'll never oh, meet no. again. <laughs> so wait, okay, so how long before you guys got on the phone with each other? We texted for probably two days and oh. then um he called me and we were just like chatting actually about what his sermon was at church that day. Oh my and god, I love that. I know it makes us sound like we're we do talk about that stuff, but it was should, And yes. <laughs> it should be something like if you are going into a relationship and you know, like for your future husband or your future wife, you want faith mm-hmm. to be a part of it. That should be a topic. It should be a conversation. Yeah. 
So, but how did that come up? Did he, you both just started talking about it pretty quickly? So he had texted me um, that Sunday morning and he had asked me about like my stance on generosity and if it was a bigger, I think the question was like, do you think it's a bigger sacrifice to give of your time or of your money? And what an interesting question for someone you just met. (laughs) Well, that's Ben. Yeah. He doesn't do surface level, which I love about him. That's great. (laughs) But um, I, at the time, my starting salary at my job was like less than minimum wage. And I was like, well, right now it's really hard to give with my money, give of my money, but I don't want to like sound like not a good person. And so I sent him a voice memo trying to explain myself. Oh, that's so cute. On text. Cause I was like, maybe if he hears like the inflection, I won't sound like so terrible <laughs> for saying like, I actually can't give up my money right now. It feels, it feels like I can't. I yeah. Guess. I, I hear you. Yeah. And so I sent the voice memo and then he immediately called me and we talked on the phone. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. It I feel like it just all I feel like it just all falls into place perfectly. It really does. It and really he's does. just so like transparent and honest and like yeah, Ben's not the type to play games. I feel like he's just kinda like, you know what? Like I like this girl and so I'm gonna be me. And yes. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite really things. So that's like the first topic you guys talked about over the phone. <laughs> yes. So we just like dove right in, which so I think we had to because we have a six year age difference and we live in different states. And so both of us were kind of like, we're not going to waste our time. So yeah. we might as well get into the good stuff early on. So were you living in Nashville while he was in Denver? Yes. And I oh, still wow. am. So how was doing long distance? Because I've done that before and I mean I feel like it's you think it's easy but then when you're I don't know it's it's just different because when you're together it's so great and amazing because you're like it's like a vacation with each other but Mm -hmm. then once you get together for reals in the same town same whatever it's just different because you're like so used to these you know highs I guess you would say and not the day-to-day stresses or the day-to-day type quirks (laughs) no you're so right it I think that because we started doing distance and we never knew anything else, we kind of like got into a rhythm of it and we would spend like weeks together. And so we kind of learned, like we would learn all of the quirks and oh, that's um, I feel like Ben is just, he did, he only knows how to be himself, which is that's my good. favorite thing about him. Yeah. But um, we did that for, I guess, a year and a half and then got engaged and then when COVID happened we quarantined together for like three or four months oh that's so great honestly such a blessing because we I I personally was really insecure about like one day we're not going to have this lifestyle where we're like meeting each other in different cities and traveling around and what if we wake up and realize that that was like what we liked about our relationship and so having those like months together was really really reassuring for me um but now it's really hard because we had that and it was like a tease and now we're back to distance for a couple Oh, now you are? So mm-hmm. wait, where is he? Is he back in Denver? He's in Denver. Does he plan to stay in Denver? Yes. So I'm going to move out there. Oh, wow. hmm Does he, he just loves Denver? I'm from Denver. So it's just. Oh, really? Yeah. I grew up in Denver, um, outside of Denver in like Thornton, Northland area. Yes. But, um. Yeah, I went back, like, maybe, I don't have any family there or anything, so I don't go back often, but when I went back 
the last time. It's just so amazing. It's grown so much and it's yeah. a fun place to be, but how, is that really hard for you to move from your, like also close to your family and mm-hmm. all that? Um, it feels actually like the perfect time for it just because I've lived in Nashville my whole life. I went to college in Mississippi, which isn't that far. My whole family's here. So actually when Ben got the blessing from my dad to marry me, um, my dad was like, y'all should go live in Denver and like start your own family. And we feel like we'll come back here one day, but just to kind of go and start over and like be our own unit for a little bit. I think it's great. I mean, I've always been like, you know, independent, like, but I also was never around like extended family, but being with Chris and we, we also were, away from even his family when we first got together, I think it was helpful to build our own support system before then having, you know, everyone else to lean on when we had kids. And I don't know, it's just, you, you create your own, your own life. You like, you become one when you get married. So it's important. Yes, exactly. That's really fun. So when's the wedding? I don't know if you can say, but is the wedding coming soon? (laughs) No. <laughs> no. Did it get postponed or anything from COVID? No. So oh, we good. we waited to set a date. We got engaged in March, and we were like, by May first, let's figure wait, out. What wait, wait, March of this year? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I swore you got engaged like last year. I don't know why. <laughs> because this year feels like it's yeah. five years. Long. This year has been forever. <laughs> so then let's go back to the proposal because I love it. It was really sweet. Were you so, expecting it or was it a surprise? I I thought it was – so in January, he said, like, in the next three months, I'll, I, I'll propose. And so – Yeah, because he's not a man that can keep a secret. <laughs> no. Well, in my brain, I'm like, great. So next time I see him, we're going to get engaged. And, oh. like, I kept thinking that. Yeah. And then he literally waited until exactly three months later. But (laughs) he was going to do it. um, He was on the Bachelor Live tour where he saw you and your Oh, yeah. I saw him. That was right before, like, the COVID shutdowns. Oh, and he told me. Well, yeah, he told us he was going to propose to you. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, He wanted me to thank you again for the gift basket, too. Oh, yeah, of course. We're like, hey, these – I, I can't believe, how was that though? Like with him being away for, well, I guess you guys did long distance, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but I yeah. can imagine them going to every city, like on a tour bus and how just, I mean, doing a road trip for like three days can be exhausting. So I was like, it's like the mom and dad in us. We were like, hey, yes. they, need, they need all the snacks. They need a bottle of wine. They need chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So he so appreciated it. When I told him I was talking today, he was like, oh, make sure you thank her again for oh, that. It was the best. <laughs> that's so nice. Oh, you guys are so cute. So back to the proposal because it's yes. so, I love proposals. So he was going to do it. New York City is my favorite um, place in the whole world. My mom was born there and my family's Italian. And so um, we go up there all every Christmas and sometimes I'll go again just because I love it so much. And my favorite place ever is Central Park. And then my favorite hotel is the Plaza. Like, so cheesy. Yes. He had this whole planned in Central Park and then an after party at the Plaza. And he had this whole thing all figured out. And then the tour got canceled. And we were quarantined in Franklin. 
And he was like, well, I have the ring and I don't want to wait. And so he did it in my parents' backyard and his parents surprised us. And my older brother is a chef. So he made a dinner. (laughs) It was great. I think that makes it even more special because you have your closest, like nearest and dearest with you. And And you probably weren't expecting it at that time. Oh, no. I was so surprised. Like, in the video of our proposal, my little brother makes fun of me because he's like, it sounds like you've been injured because you are, like, hyperventilating. (laughs) I was so surprised. (laughs) That is so cute. That's so cute. So, oh, my gosh, that's so cute. You probably never would have thought this, like, dream, you know, I feel like, I feel like it sounds like a dream, you know? It feels like it most days. It really does. Yeah, that's so fun. I want to talk to you more about like you, who you were before Ben too, though. So um, have you always, did you guys always grow up in faith? And is that something that was always close to you? And like, Yes, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home and I went to a really, really small Christian school, kindergarten through 12th grade. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it was like always a part of my life, but it never was like the relationship piece of being a Christian. It was always the like head knowledge and I memorized Bible verses and I went to Bible class and all of that. And so then when I went to college, it kind of all fell away because it wasn't what I did every day. It, wasn't it was like probably a culture shock too, because you're like a small, well, I, I maybe it was a small school. I don't know. You're your school. And then you go to college, you're like, what is this place? Yes. And like, and who are these people? You know? Yes, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I couldn't even imagine um so how was college for you then um college was really hard for me actually I I went to school on a track and cross-country scholarship and um the I've talked to several other female college athletes so I feel pretty confident saying that it's a really hard world for most females um we're not necessarily given like a lot of direction or instruction or care for our bodies Mm. um and it's a very competitive atmosphere i personally am super competitive on the inside yeah (laughs) a little more laid back but um i ended up developing like a pretty severe eating disorder um kind of two different ones in college actually and i wasn't uh i wouldn't say i was walking with the lord at all and um made some really poor decisions and abused my body and um got really sick i actually got diagnosed with osteoporosis when i was 20. wow so what stemmed the um the eating disorders was it because of being in like the sports and like the competition and having to like perform almost like I think a lot of it was performative but I would even say like my biggest trigger was comparison Mm -hmm. like I would compare myself to the other runners and I would compare myself to the cheerleaders and the sorority girls and the girls that had boyfriends and the girls that did not and it was just like there were so many and social media I mean makes it worse oh way worse Yes, there are just all these images of what girls are supposed to look like coming at me, and especially like the expectation of, and you're an athlete, so your body should look like an athlete's body. And it was just like, I got so unhealthy with it and wrapped up in it, and it became like my idol of like, I'm not going to go out to eat. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have total control. Control. Out of my control. Yeah, and especially if you're not like, 
putting that on the Lord, it's like, it's so easy to feel like you want to keep control over, especially I think even 2020, not even over our own bodies, but over our environments, over what we're doing or in fact, you know, like, I don't know, it's just heightened, but I think your story is really relatable for young girls who like, I'm a little older and I'm, I'm thankful for that because I didn't have social media until I was on the show in, you know, 2013. Um, so I didn't have, I, I feel like that's such an added part of where we find our worth and where we find our, and, and like you said, where you start to compare. So like mm-hmm. now that you have been through it, what helps you get out of that mindset and out of the wanting to, I don't know, I guess having an eating disorder. I think my biggest wake up call was looking in the mirror. And even now I look at old photos and it doesn't even look like me. Like you can say I have good skin now or whatever. But when I was going through that, I had cystic acne and my skin was like falling off my face. It almost looked like because I just had, I had nothing. Like all I had was skin and bones. I didn't have any muscle tone. I didn't have any fat. I didn't have like, there was just nothing. Like the I remember waking up one morning and looking in the mirror and like not even knowing who it was. Like my hair was thin. It was just this feeling of like, what am I doing? And that day when I kind of had the wake up call, I, I say it was the Lord um, just telling me like, you've got to let it go. And I went and I quit everything. I even dropped out of the honors college at Ole Miss. Wow. I major. And then I drove home and told my family what I did. <laughs> And, um, wow. Yeah. And then I went into therapy and went back to school, not as an athlete and, um, started going to church with a friend. I got invited and like got involved in on-campus ministries. And I kind of realized like the life I was living that was centered around myself was really destructive, not only towards me, but towards others around me. And there's a different way that you can live. That's so much more joyful and fun and like life-giving. And, um, I kind of just, from then on pursued that life and that's that pursuit is also the pursuit of the lord i think your hand in hand so um that was like my turnaround that's that's great and i mean i think it's that was really important for you to do but especially just drop everything I mean, that takes balls, you know, to do (laughs) like, like I'm giving it all up and I'm going to go. So that's hard too, because when you go to college, you are on your own and you don't have your family or your like support system to be able to be like, Hey, like what's going on? Like you're, you know, because if you weren't seeing them as often or, you know, yeah. And you're not like a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. So what advice would you give to um, some young girls going into college? how to combat that, you know, like how to, cause that's really hard. You know, it's, I feel like it's an internal battle and it continues for life. You have to keep dying to it, you know, like keep letting go. But what advice would you give to some young girls going into college? Um, I think a big one is to remember that there's a reason why you're you and why your friends are who they are. And if all of you were the same, the world would be so uninteresting. And so even if you feel like you don't fit in or you're not the same as your roommate or your sorority sisters or um, the club you're a part of or your sports team, like there's a reason why you're built the way you are and you have the interests that you do. And it might not make sense when you're like 18 to 22, but there's going to be a time where you're going to be so proud of who you are. And there's going to be people that like 
love that about you. And um, I think your biggest insecurities can also become your biggest assets. So my encouragement is just to continue to be yourself because I wasn't and I wish I was. I have some of the best friends in the world that love me now and would not have liked me then because I wasn't myself. I was trying to be someone I'm not. So um, that's my, that's always my encouragement, but I know that that's easier said than done. So in the end, just surround yourself with people that hold you accountable, whatever that looks like, um, real relationships and not just going out friends or um, friends that are fun, but friends that you can really talk to when you're away from home. I think that's huge. Yeah, that definitely is huge because your influences really honestly start to become who you are. I know I, I went through that too, just like not being centered in like a church or centered with like-minded friends. It's so easy to just start wanting to please, I guess, them by, by conforming. Yes. And exactly. it's, it's really, it's really hard because you don't see it until hindsight. Um, but I also love too, when you said, because I do believe this too, that you're insecurities can be your biggest assets because I always think too, like everyone's hurdles or struggles, like that ends up being their testimony. That ends up being the way they reach other people. And I don't know, I think it's just being able to keep that hope alive, which is so great. So I love that. That's wonderful. And then you met Ben and it's just all a crazy (laughs) world. It is. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about how you keep the faith um, in your relationship, but how has that grown since you guys have been together? Ben challenges me so much in my faith because he is very curious and asks a lot of questions. And I'm more just like, take the information, trust it. I know I can't have all the answers in this life and I'm good with that. Um, and so I really love when Ben asks me hard questions. It like, it makes me really think and it helps for me to recognize why I believe what I believe and to stand really firm in it. Um, because I, I would, I'm just so, I don't know. I don't ask the questions and he does. Yeah. So you're like, great. yeah, you sound like me actually. And then Ben sounds like Chris. Cause I, I say maybe men in general might be a little yeah. more skeptical and like more like wanting to be asked more questions to find like the, the, the absolute like answer. Yes. And we're kind of like, nope, I trust it. I trust it. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like it's worked, it's worked for me this far. So yeah. question it. <laughs> don't break something that's not broken. <laughs> exactly. Like, Oh, whenever we start talking about this might be like a very deep, I'll only talk about this for two seconds. But oh no, I go way deep on this. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Ben, when he talks about eternity and like we start to get into it, it makes my head, I'm like, you know what? We just don't know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. Um, because we don't have all the answers and like, even the more, like I've, I've been reading more too about eternity or like, the end times it's like we definitely don't have the answers but Mm -hmm. Chris is like more detailed and more like he asked questions that I would never in my million years like come up in my own head you know but it's good I, I mean it helps like you said it helps me actually think more about why I believe what I believe and then he helps me um articulate it a little more because in my head it just is what it is like Yes. I don't know how to articulate it. 
And so, yeah, man, having a partner that pushes you to like think is good. It is really good. It's been really refining. And he reminds me of the, the iron sharpens iron kind of thought process behind relationships because he, he is so good and so wise and he just really helps lead me. I, before I met him, I always said one of the things that's been missing because I, I dated a lot. That was always my dad's encouragement is to date. Um, that's funny. That's really the opposite of a dad. I know. Well, his thinking is the more she dates, the more like bad guys she'll go out with. And so she'll Instead know of ending up with the bad guy. Yes, exactly. So that I always sense. want a lot of date. It makes a lot of sense. I, it was fun for me, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely, I always said I was missing like a leader, the leadership piece. And Ben is definitely that leader that I've always desired to be my, my partner. So been great I love that and so since we don't know when your wedding is um (laughs) you guys plan to grow your family hopefully one day that's the plan Ben would be the best dad ever yeah Um, you'd be the best mom too (laughs) yeah we're willing but we want to also be married for a little bit just us two so I agree with that too yeah we've just never had that um so once we're married, I think a couple years after that, we'll Yeah, that's we'll a good idea. So when are you moving to Denver? Hopefully January. I finish school around Christmas, and Ben and I are house shopping right now. So fun! It's so fun. So I'll move into the new house and live there, and then we're going to keep his house in Denver too, so for a little bit, and he'll be there. And then that's once we're married, we'll... Once you get married, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. you're cute little family. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, um, I guess I just wanted to get to know you more and I did a little bit, but I feel like there's still so much more, you know, is there anything on your heart that you'd love to share? Um, well, I want to thank you for thinking of me and I hope that we can meet one day. I know I was bummed because you came to Portland, right? Or like it was right before. Um, I thought you'd be there. I was like, darn it. But we want to go back because we loved it. So we should we'll come back in the summer or like when it's warm out. Yes. It's yeah. It's really beautiful here. Oh, I would love to do that. Yeah. But well, yes, I wanted to thank you and just encourage people to not let other people influence them negatively. I think that's really big in our world right now. So yeah, absolutely. So how do you see that play a part too? And um your passion for like skincare and because that is kind of like self-awareness um so the, actually that's how have you shifted that you know because it's kind of like you use your insecurities for assets like you just said because now you're going to bless other women to maybe feel even more beautiful in their skin yeah i don't know oh, i love that yeah. well i just hope um I think that because of what I've done for myself in my whole journey into like loving myself, which my whole past is a lot of self-loathing just between my body and my skin and everything. And so I hope to get women to a place where they can love the thing, like what they naturally have. And your skin is something that you're, you were given. And so like, let's make it the best it can be. And in that process, hopefully you can 
figure out like how to really love yourself. I think there's just a lot of negative self-talk nowadays and a lot of this comparison game and trying to be like other people. So figuring out what works for you and makes you feel your best is huge. Yeah, I think that's great because we also, I mean, yeah, God gave us this body. He gave us the skin. He gave us things that we need to take care of. Mm -hmm. And and I also think too, there's um, there can be kind of a disconnect when people are like, oh, you, you care so much about your skin, that's vanity. And it's like, no, I'm like caring about what God gave me and I'm taking care of that. And it's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so too. There's a lot of like different messages about it and you can believe whatever you want. But for me, I think that taking care of our bodies and taking care of yourself helps. I think on my journey, I've seen me love who I am a lot more when I'm taking care of myself. And it's not necessarily a vanity thing as much as it is like, this is what's helping me not hate myself so much that I want to do something drastic, you know? Yeah. Well, and you said like, once you felt healthy and strong, then you are more able, like once you you feel good about who you are and can accept like God created you the way you are for a reason, then you're able to better help others. Because otherwise, yes. like you said, when you're not feeling, when you're in that mindset of comparison or self-loathing, it's self-centering. So you're not thinking about anybody else but yourself. Totally. Yep. Yeah. There's redemption in your story. It's good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well um, so the podcast is called Heart of Purpose. So I wanted to ask you one last question. How do you um, live with like a heart of purpose each day? Or where do you find that inspiration? Um, I think my, I find my purpose every day in the quiet time that I spend, I make with the Lord, um, and just kind of recentering and remembering that my life isn't, or doesn't revolve around Jessica, because lots of times I want for it to, um, and remembering to look more outward than inward during my day. Um, I really try to do that, so. That's really good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. I, lo- I loved our chat. And yeah, I would love to meet you too. So <laughs> maybe if I ever visit Denver too, I know I need yes. to soon. Yes. Let us know whenever you're there. I will. Okay. Yay. I will. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Thank Have you. Well, that was so fantastic talking to Jess. I just adore her and obviously her and Ben together. Um, but I hope that you were inspired by her story and really being able to not compare and be able to walk in your identity, um, of who God created you to be and not really focusing on what, on pleasing others. And so with that, I just would love to end with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone listening. I thank you so much for Jess and her story. Thank you for the redemption in it, Lord. I thank you for the hope um, and the inspiration. I pray that everyone listening can feel that and know that. I pray that we can go about our days not seeking approval of others, but truly looking upward at you and who you have called us to be, Lord. I pray that whatever we are going through, whatever we are walking through right now, that you are beside us, that you are going before us 
and that um, we turn to you, Lord. I just, um, I just thank you. I thank you for everyone listening. I thank you for your goodness and your love. And I just pray that everyone has a beautiful, beautiful day. So thank you so much for listening. And until next week, love you guys.